Hello there and welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Sarah from Sarah Faruya Coaching and this is the Legends Podcast. I believe there are many, many ways to lead a life and everybody has stories and I want to tell them and share them. These legends are a collection of people who I have found during my 20 years in Tokyo and before. All of them are brilliant people. And when I became bored with reading another billionaire's biography, I thought I want to tell the stories of the people who I meet who are absolutely fascinating, but you won't see on your regular podcast interview. They have overcome obstacles, both systemic and internal, and we cover all kinds of things from creativity, grief, racism, business, disaster, loss, trolling, infertility, farming, eating disorder, eco-feminism, and more. We have elite athletes, people who live on Zen temples in remote parts of Japan, BBC newscaster to Taekwondo champion. Please enjoy these amazing stories from what they've overcome, from what they've built, from what they've created, from the way that they talk. I'm just delighted thinking about it. So please get stuck in and enjoy this next legend. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Sarah Faruya Coaching's Legend Series, a series of interviews and conversations with people who I find fascinating. I believe there are many, many ways to lead a life, and this is one of them. I believe that everybody has stories, and I want to hear yours and tell theirs. I want to help you to create a work style and a lifestyle that you can be proud of. And today, I am introducing the lovely Lindsay Sawada from the Setagaya Yoga Studio. So, a little bit about Lindsay before we get in. So, Lindsay is a British woman who has been living in Tokyo for 22 years. She lives with her Japanese husband, daughter, mother-in-law, and fat cat, Louis Brown. <laughs> she speaks English and Japanese fluently. And um, she has a great passion for yoga and wellness. And she started the Setagaya Yoga Studio in the family home not too long ago. And she can tell us more about that later. And Lindsay's philosophy is this, she's super approachable and friendly and she is hilarious as you're about to find out. <laughs> and this is what she says, your body is your home, build it, celebrate it, clean it, rest it, feel it and live in it. So welcome to lovely Lindsay. Hi. Hello. How are Hi. you today? Hi, thank you. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for hosting us in this beautiful yoga studio yeah. here. Thank you for coming. So Lindsay, let's get into it. Okay. So the first thing I'd like to ask you is just about your background and your upbringing in the north of England. We were both being raised about the same time in the same strip of land. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a bit about that? Um, so I was born in uh, the 70s, 76 to be precise, okay. and in Lincoln, Lincolnshire, and then I'm not exactly sure what age I was, but then we moved to Skegness. Mm -hmm. My dad was a fireman. And at the time, I don't think mum was working, but I only ever really remember her being a probation officer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we grew up by the beach in a little town called Skegness. And yeah, it was a pretty idyllic childhood, actually, mm -hmm. until I got to my teens and I kind of wanted to escape. But yeah, yeah lots of time outdoors, yeah. on the beach, walking with the dogs. We kept chickens. 
there was a donkey field at the end of the street because you know all the donkey rides in England. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, the owner, Mr. Epton, used to let him pl- play in his field while the donkeys were out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we s- all the kids in the neighbourhood spent a lot of time. In fact, that's probably one of my best memories, like making tunnels through the long grass in the fields and just kind of hanging out in a big gang. Yeah. Amazing. Tell us a bit about Skegness, because I know, I mean, you've just described a very similar childhood to mine, actually, mm. where we were, we were outdoors a lot in the yeah. 70s, weren't yeah. we? Like, yeah. you I don't actually think you were allowed indoors, were you, unless it was mealtime. I was banned, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, I, I also grew up in a small seaside town, but why don't you? Yeah, I, used to, I grew up in a place called New Brighton, Okay. Um, which is basically the kind of mirror image of Skegness, right. and I, I'm familiar with Skegness. Skegness, interestingly, because my family's from Lincoln right. on my dad's side, so we used to go up to Skeggy right. every now and then for a, for a family day out from a grandparent's place. Yeah. But why don't you describe Skegness of the 70s, 80s and 90s when you would have been there? Yeah, so um, in the winter, it's just the locals that live there, so I think it's about 15,000 people. Mm-hmm. It's pretty quiet. Um, and in the summer, the population kind of booms to about 150,000, mm-hmm. and um, all the... Uh, I think people that go there stay in caravans as far as I can figure out or remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and yeah, it's just a nice little town, just a nice place to be. But I mean, if, you, if I tell people that I'm from Skegness now, yeah, I think someone actually said to me, that the arsehole of England? The arsehole of England, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, but it wasn't. No. And there's butlins as well. Do you yeah, know butlins? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, so yeah, that's like a holiday camp for families. Exactly, yes. yeah. So, because um, my dad was a fireman, then we used to get free tickets to go to butlins. And we could use the pool and, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then as I grew up, you know, there wasn't a lot there. Mm. And we started to get into all sorts of mischief. I think the boys used to spend all the money that they stole out of their mum's purses in the slot machines. Yep. Yeah, and uh, we used to get up to all sorts of mischief that we shouldn't have been doing, really. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So why don't you tell us more about that? Because I'm really interested in the kind of North of England culture and, you know, what, what, what that kind of cultural inheritance, what impact that has on you, had on you then, and right. maybe what kind of impact that has on you now as well, what kind of still creeps up in you, because I still get things creeping up on me from there. What do you mean, like, as a, what we do as teenagers when we're a bit naughty? Is that what you well, mean? Well, let's, let's go in both places. That's a great question. Okay. Uh, what do we do when we're a bit naughty as teenagers? You can go there if you want to. Right, okay. <laughs> well, that before happened. that, before that, though, I, did, yeah. I was dancing all the time, too. We used to go okay. to this dance school called Janice Sutton School of Dance, yeah. and I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Lots of ballet, tap, jazz, modern, all of that kind of stuff. Absolutely loved it. Always moving as a kid. You'd never get me to stay still at all cartwheels down the street. I was never walking on my feet. Yeah, that kind of thing. So that was brilliant for me. But then I went to grammar school. So there was the secondary modern school and there was the grammar school. And I think the grammar school was perceived to be for kids who are a bit brighter. I don't actually think there's kids who are able to study more. I think I even had to go through like a process because I didn't get in initially. What's it called? I can't remember. Yeah. And then 11 plus. There was 11 plus, but I kept being on the cusp of being able to pass mm-hmm. and not pass. So what did that, I can't remember what it was called, but my mum had to go through like this special kind of process to make sure that I could get into the grammar school. Mm-hmm. And in a way it was probably good for me because I'm a bit of a clown. So I would have probably, you know, not done anything at the other school, whereas I was kind of forced to do stuff at the grammar school, be it down at the sort of lower level, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I went to the grammar school, my mum 
I think just in the 70s, the knowledge about kind of like the arts and dancing and stuff like that as a career or something you could take forward and it not just be a hobby. I don't think she really had that knowledge. So I was, I don't think she made me stop dancing, but it was kind of like lots of suggesting. And then, yeah, I stopped. And then I think that's when I started to look for trouble. Ooh. Yeah. Well, not look for it, it just kind of found um, me. <laughs> yeah, it has a way of doing that. The 80s and the 90s had a way of yeah. going, oh, you, 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 the one who's not doing what you want to do that you love, we'll yeah. have you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's yeah. tremendous fun in that as well, I think, yeah. to some degree. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Um, let me just pick up on that then. So, this seems to be a running theme, this, like, movement and dance. Yeah. Um, did you continue any of that through school? Like, did you do gymnastics or did you um, did you do anything like that? I ran. Any sports? Ran. I was really uh-huh. good at the high jump and I was really good at long distance running. Yeah. yeah. Until I started smoking. <laughs> was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. All, always really. Always kind of sporty. Yeah. Swimming. That kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's dance is my real love, really. Yeah. 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 And you've, have you cycled back to that now? Or? I did, actually. Um, I take salsa classes, mm-hmm. just privately, man-to-man. I like to do that pair work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did teach Zumba for a while, so like, that's, yeah. That's right. Yeah. You're the go-to Zumba lady yeah. in Tokyo. Yeah. All yeah. Right. yeah, that was really good fun until I got a little bit old and my knees started to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So let's go back then. Let's go back yep. and find out what that rebellious stage, would you call it a rebellious stage, looked like? or I Probably was, yeah. 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 So I don't know, just sort of hanging out with the wrong sorts of boys. Uh, the wrong sorts of boys. I sound like my mother. <laughs> extraordinarily good fun. Yeah. Smoking and drinking, age sort of 12, 13, 14, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, going to clubs when we were probably 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. Um, Going to the Fairy Dale and getting absolutely wasted. The Fairy Dale was like this little paddling pool for toddlers. What on earth we were doing there? I don't know. In the middle of like you know, not middle of the night, late at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, and all sorts of other things Activities. that will not be revealed on camera. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. I it mean, was. That, it was really it, good fun. Yeah, I mean, I look back now and I think, God, I wasted a lot of years, but it was a lot of fun. And yeah. culturally as well, yeah. it kind of plugged into a certain zeitgeist of the 80s and 90s. I mean, I was really into music and I was really into rock music and really into alternative music. Was that any part of your kind of... <laughs> Raving. Raving? Yeah. Raving. And that part of the country the pleasure was massive dome. as well, it? was, it? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was huge, yeah. huge, yeah, so a lot of my friends were DJs, and it was the best thing, yeah. if your boyfriend was a DJ, I never had a boyfriend that was a DJ, no. it was really sad, but if you got to carry their record bag, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I never got to carry a record bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dancing all night. All night, all night, all night long, yeah. Did yeah. you do the raving where you'd like get in a car and then drive to a location and yeah. talk? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we used to do, when we got a little bit sort of kind of beyond it, we used to do the mess with the people with people's minds thing because you know people are taking a lot of drugs there yes. right so we would go to the car parks afterwards which is where everyone would kind of hang out but yeah. we'd take all sorts of random things like we'd have a washing machine for sale and stuff like that just a group of friends that yeah god i haven't thought about that for years it's so creative <laughs> though isn't it yeah yeah and what, all sorts of stuff yeah 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 
the thing that really like I find remarkable now, and it's really I'm really plugged into this at the moment because as you know, I'm taking a massive break from social media. Yes, yes, yes. How yes. did we even organise that stuff? Because there was no mobile, or maybe like no. one person had a mobile phone or something. You'd go to a phone box and find out where which car park to meet up in, and blah 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 yeah. and blah blah. How I don't even know what the logistics of that these days. I think it was just word of mouth, wasn't yes, it? it kind was, of pass yeah. it on, pass it on. Yeah. Yeah. And I th- suppose if you went to an event once, then pretty much you would always go to the same car park afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds hilarious. It is hilarious. I mean, taking a taking taking a washing machine <laughs> and pretending it was up for sale for all the, the like yeah, the, the people that were coming high. out. Yeah. So high. yeah. It's so creative yeah. and, and then hanging like um, toilet paper out the back of our trousers and stuff like that. It's <laughs> really silly. Just really so silly. Like, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That sense of humour it gets, <laughs> it gets you somehow, doesn't it? That yeah. like it, it, I just think it's such super creative living. Super creative living. <laughs> I think it's the only time that everyone said it was super creative. I always thought it was a bit bonkers. Yeah. Bonkers is another word for creative, to be honest with you. You know, you're not going to be creative without being on the edges of something. Our bell curve, we're at the edge, you know? So interesting. So what do you think, like, from that time, from your past, from from the time in England, what served you? Do you think what served you? And what do you think kind of doesn't serve you so well and you have to kind of keep working on or or moving on from? Mm. Because there's a certain... I was thinking about this really hard and the kind of there's a certain cultural inheritance I think if I just give some context to this yeah, what people yeah. are watching is like my my mum was born in 1947 or something like that my dad was born in 1943 mm. so that was right just post war during the war and I realized that that's really super influenced we're both born in the 70s only mm. 30 years later mm. um that that super influences our upbringing in mm. some way. Mm. Um, like my grandma had about fifty bags of sugar in the in the cupboard at all times. Yeah, like she never went under that. Yeah, Tin, like, tins of fruit. Yeah, just stacks and stacks. And I understand yeah. that now because yeah. we both lived through the twenty eleven earthquake. Yes. So when you've actually lived through yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that, you're like, ah, oh, that's what that yeah. was. Yeah. Not hoarding or no. anything like that. It's just literal practical stuff. Yeah. And then there's just this kind of mentality of, I think, just saving and following a certain path and, mm. oh, no, don't go into dance or, mm. like, just that mm. kind of creativity, mm. that super, like, I was saying to Kyle on the way here, if I would said, do you know what, I'm going to throw it all in and become a writer or something like that, would have been, I don't think so. Mm. I think you should just keep being a doctor, going to be a doctor, right. even if that's not yep. what my love and passion was yeah fine yeah. fair enough but when you put it against the backdrop of what i've just described it's yeah. quite interesting in a way yeah uh that, that's my context for this but i don't know what do you think is the cultural inheritance that you brought into in, that came into your life from that from being raised in the north of england at that time yeah i'm not i'm not 100 sure of the answer to that maybe um yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit stuck with that question. Mm-hmm. To be honest, mm-hmm. give me a moment. Sure. So the positives and the negatives. Yeah. Right. Anything that kind of influenced you in that way? What like a lot of us? So you know, I I do a lot of work with women's leadership. Yeah. And oftentimes, women hold a lot of 
um, thoughts and beliefs that they're not good enough or yeah. that they're a knob yeah. or yeah. you know yeah, yeah, we yeah, have yeah, these yeah. kind of stories that we're being told all the yeah. time I mean I think or, I, yeah I might be struggling with the answer because I'm well aware of the fact that anything that's happened before now has brought me here yes so exactly like so many positives like the being outside in nature and being yeah. creative yeah. and dancing yeah. and you know drawing massive chalk things on the pavement yeah. we're allowed to do things like that that was all super positive but then there was this very much like like you say probably post-war like our grandparents were much stricter with their with their you know with our parents and yeah. then our parents were less strict with us but probably I mean it's very different to how I bring up my daughter and it, it's not a bad thing no but I did feel that there were certain things that perhaps I wanted to do that I wasn't really allowed to do or what I wasn't given the opportunity to do or I didn't take the opportunity because I didn't want to push rock the boat too much or something but that uh, career-wise maybe initially mm. yeah yeah say more um well I I got really good GCSE results mm -hmm. and then I said I was going to do A-levels and my parents were like you hate studying you're not going to do A-levels you're going to be a secretary I was like I'm not Wow. <laughs> I'm going to be a secretary yeah. so I managed to sort of fight that battle and I went on to do French what else did I do at A level I can't remember general studies and oh home economics which I actually I loved all of them um, I was supposed to take a fourth subject but I didn't because I was lazy and then after I finished my A levels didn't really want to know what I, I knew what I wanted to do but I wasn't allowed to, to do that and I'd already stopped the dancing quite a long time yeah. ago so um, my sister went to nursing college, so I went to nursing college yeah. for the space of <laughs> two or three months. And I, it just wasn't for me yeah. at all, at all. Yeah. 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 And then I was kind of stuck for a little bit, and I worked in a supermarket for a while. Yeah. And then uh, I really loved, well, when I did French at school, I really loved traveling to France. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to sort of travel a little bit, and I didn't really have the many finances to do it. So... Um, I was, became a nanny and then I knew I would be able to travel the world as okay. a nanny yeah. yeah cool so we're already I can already see the, the story forming here mm. very similar to mine I, halfway just to, to share with you mm, like yeah, halfway through my A levels I, I took I loved I did really well in my GCSEs as well but it right. was given it was, it was a given I was going to university that right. was non-negotiable in our right. family right but um like I, I loved and excelled in like uh, drama and English mm. and all this, but mm. I was going to be a doctor, mm. which I think is like being a teacher, just a bit better, slightly better than a teacher, but still mm. in the ballpark, mm. you know. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so it's like okay, so but halfway through my levels, I had a meltdown. Right. Not an actual breakdown. I'm, I hasten to add, but a meltdown and just I can remember crying, just saying to my dad like I don't want to do biology, chemistry, maths. Huh? Well, those rock solid yeah, subjects. Yeah, it's like, I don't want to do this. Why am I doing this? I want to change and go and do English. And I just said, no, just stay with, stay with what you are. And bless my dad, he said to me not long ago, um, with tears in his eyes, he goes, I wish if I could turn back time and just change one thing in my life, it would be that. Oh. You know, when you came into that room, I would have said to you, do it. Mm. You've got my support. Mm. But again, you just... You don't. You only know. You don't know what you don't know, do you? You don't know that's going to set somebody on a trajectory not to become a doctor, but to go. 
what am I doing? Yeah. Like you go into nursing yeah. college and they're yeah. going, and now I'm going to work in a supermarket pub. You know, <laughs> or now, pubs too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to work it. You know, it sets you on this different trajectory. But as you said, like every road leads you here. Everything mm. that happened mm. to us puts us in this room, mm. and I wouldn't change that. Mm. I wouldn't change my husband. Mm. You know, it. It's just. It's interesting to note that. And also to kind of, I like to mine that kind of information for how to lead my life now. Move towards, not away. Mm. And somebody said to me, oh yeah, but you could, even if you'd done English and something, something, and something, something else, it doesn't mean you would have been a great success. I said, yeah, but I would have enjoyed my A-levels a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those two mean? years of chip pain. Yes! Yeah. Exactly. And then average results. And then, you yeah. know, it's, it's just, yeah. it, it's very interesting. And, and again, no blame, no shame here. Yeah. It's just, I think people were doing the very best they could. And absolutely. With absolutely. the consciousness yeah. they yeah. had. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, I imagine have these horrible thoughts that my daughter would say something like this about me when she's 40 as well. <laughs> but what can you do? Just do your will. best, right? Yeah. 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 Maybe yeah. she will. Um, and we'll talk about that later because mm. I am interested to hear about your, your daughter and your mm. parenting skills mm. and style as well. Mm. So, um, and, and so they should because mm. we're just doing the best we yeah. can with what we have too. Yeah. Brilliant. So, uh, lovely. You've answered that so beautifully. Oh, good. Like, Thank it's you. It's all starting to, you know, like this is all about storytelling and just pulling everything together. So, th- the way you describe that, it's like, yeah, I see, I understand. And, you know, there's, there's a theme coming here. It's like when we kind of veer away, we do our best with what we've got. Mm. But somehow, for those of us who've got that, there's something like a spark or a fire inside us that tries to keep driving us back. I don't know, I'm mixing my metaphors madly now. But at least I've got my alliteration on point. <laughs> it's like we kind of find our way back somehow or other. Beautiful. So... You're a nanny. Yes. You went to France. What other countries did you go to? As a nanny? Yes. Oh, I went, I did an au pair in America. Amazing. Then. Yeah, it was yeah. great. And I lived in Alabama. 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 Oh my yeah. God. Sorry, Americans. <laughs> Sorry, Alabama people. It was great. Don't apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Sorry, I love Alabama. it. I love it. Kyle's also yeah. <laughs> getting in on this. We have permission from the US of A representative in the room. Um, no, it was brilliant because coming from Skegness, quite a small town, we went doing this training in New York, and um, there were girls from all over Europe, and we yeah. got we were in this training, and um, as naughty British girls, all the other European girls seemed to just go to bed at night time, but we did not. <laughs> Obviously, we were out on the town, um, and we met these firemen. Oh, you know, no, Daddy. <laughs> right. Oh, God, that, ooh. <laughs> no, but no, not like that, like firemen, firemen, not yeah. like Daddy firemen. And, um, yeah, and they all said to me, where are you going? And one girl's like, I'm going to San Francisco. One girl's like, I'm staying here, and where are you going? I'm going to Alabama, and they're Ooh, what are you doing there? That's weird. Why are you going to Alabama? It was brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And the family that I work for have actually been to visit me in Japan too. They're still oh. close. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice. Yeah, it was really good. And um, a very wealthy family, and they sort of flew me all sorts of places with them. And yeah. And then I went back to England because I thought, right, I must settle down now. I must crack on with what I should be doing. And I don't really know what I should be doing because. Um, 
you know, what I wanted to do had kind of, it, it kind of passed. So then I went back to New York and I worked as a nanny in New York. Mm -hmm. And they got transferred to Japan. How old are you, by the way, at this point? Um, I am like 20, 20, 21. 20, and tw 20 or 21. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah. At the time, did you just think, right, that's it? I'll never get to do the thing I want to do. Like, did you have that kind of thought? Because I can remember when I was 18 and I got my mm. A-level results, mm. which, you know, true to form, were fairly average. Mm. Um, but saying to somebody, yeah, I peaked in my GCSE. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> like, but, like, I always know. And, by the way, um, A-levels are the exams that British people do when they're 18, and GCSEs are the exams that people do when they're 16 in the UK. Is, um, you know, a, a life is only as big as a life. So my 47, 48 years is only as big as your daughter's 16, 17 years. Mm, like that's, mm, to me, they're mm, the same. Mm, mm. It's just proportion wise, you know. So, um, and I have a lot to learn from, from, from every generation. Yeah. Um, so back to the question, like at that point, did you kind of, because you can't know that now you kind of cycle back. At that point, I don't think I was even conscious of it. You weren't it. conscious, you were just Not getting on with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I loved what I did as a nanny. Like, yeah. I really like little kids. Me really too. like little kids, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think I was a really good nanny. And I've, I go back to it occasionally. If I've got a little bit of sort of a break in whatever job that I've been doing, then I often, I often do like a few months of nannying. Do you? Yeah, still now, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I haven't done it since I opened the studio, but right before I opened the studio, I was nannying. Yeah, a little bit. That's yeah. really cool. What, in Japan? In Japan, yeah, yeah, yeah. For foreign families or for Japanese families? Both, both, yeah. But usually they've got some kind of like foreign kind of connection so they know what a nanny is. I yeah. understand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That so it's something, yeah, I, I like it. I like yeah. it. It's a really cute job. And yeah. The older I am, the more I like it, actually. Yeah. 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 It's like I'm their grandma or something. I'm not, I'm not quite old enough to be a grandma, but that's kind of how I feel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. You don't tell your mum. <laughs> Sorry, Ange. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's so interesting. Yeah. Again, like, there's just so many different ways to lead a life, aren't there? And I, I just, you know, I, I, I kind of, I wish that somebody had just said that to me when I was, when I was younger. Mm. Like, don't worry. There's loads of ways to lead a life. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? Mm. So, um, I love that. So, you came to Japan, yes. what happens next? Um, and is that, is that your first landing in Japan or is that the landing? That is the landing. The, landing. the awesome. one and the only, yes. yes. Um, so I, yeah, I worked for a family in, I lived in Minami Azabu, that's sort of like very foreigner friendly. Yeah, lots of ghetto. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where I lived. And it was, it was easy, you know, yeah. I didn't have to pay rent or anything like this. I'd lived in a big house, which I thought was normal in Japan. I had no idea, yeah, no idea whatsoever. And then um, I met my husband after I'd been here for six months. And it was in a bar. I know you're going to ask me what it was, so I'm just going to tell you. Thank you. <laughs> it was in a bar in Roppongi. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, so I... I think that was the night I was going to meet my husband. I don't know if you have this experience. I hope you're not going to leave me standing here on my own. You know when we're like kind of tall and living in Japan, like right. it's not a popular, like all my little cute little friends, like always were being asked out, not me. And I was like giant, 
<laughs> no, no, I'm with you. No, I'm not leaving you. You're not leaving me out. Thank you. Thank I, you. I want to be very clear. I like myself, <laughs> yeah. and I like my. I am who I am. Um, I and but but yes. Yeah. You I know what like I mean. The giants. Yeah. 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 I just have a larger body than the general population. <laughs> That was also true in England, by the way. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, our generation, yes. for, uh, for girls, we were really tall, yes. really tall. Yes. I was definitely the tallest in my year at school. I am. Yeah. I was the tallest in my year. <laughs> Not the tallest girl, the, tall- the tallest <laughs> for a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, there were like three guys in that bar that night that were kind of interested in me. And this is, I mean, not in my life, not in a single night has that ever happened that I've been aware of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like that was the night I was supposed to meet my husband. Yeah. So one was not interested in at all. One I was talking to, um, but he had to leave. And he said, don't go anywhere. I'm coming back. I've got to go for something for work. Don't leave any. I'm coming back for sure. I was like, yeah, right, whatever. And then I got to talking to the, the lady behind the bar, which is my friend, which is why I was actually in the bar that night, mm-hmm. gone to see her. Which bar was it, by the way? Propaganda. Propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know. Sorry, just for those of you who don't know, it's a really famous pickup bar in Rapongi. It know? wasn't at the it time. Was bar, wasn't it wasn't it? at the time. It was quite nice at It was the just time. a fun bar. Yeah. It was a yeah. good bar. A lot yeah. of expats went there. And yeah. It was just a really, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, the owner now, she isn't the owner, she now lives in Canada okay. with her Canadian husband, but... Um, I'd gone to see her that night and uh, my husband was her friend also so he'd mm-hmm. gone to see her and she got really busy behind the bar and she said you two talk together so he didn't, my husband didn't speak much English and I spoke zero Japanese so she just handed the, this, this dictionary over the bar and somehow we managed to communicate and he looked like he was going to be a bad boy which was kind of appealing to me to be honest yeah, I wasn't sure. interesting interested in anybody that was nice to me or anything like that. <laughs> oh, I really want to go there, but it's not coaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, and then I was leaving to go to Canada skiing, I think like the next day, and I said, give me your address and I will send you a postcard. And Smooth. That's very smooth. Good. Very smooth, yeah. yeah. And I don't know why. I guess it, I didn't have a mobile phone at the time no, either. So he asked for my address too. And when I got back from uh, Canada, there was a postcard at the house and said, call me and um, I'll take you out on my motorbike. And that was it. Interesting. Yeah. Love it. That's a brilliant origin story. Yeah. Um, so... Let's start kind of bringing it up to date. So that was how many years ago? I've been here six months, so like 21 and a bit years ago. 21 years ago. All right, so, and then what happened? So now you're fluent in Japanese. You're Mm. living in this three-generation household, which Mm -hmm. is quite unusual for people from our... Yeah. Well, actually, funnily enough, it wasn't as unusual in my town. Somehow there was quite a lot of people whose nans lived with them, Mm. but for my people it Mm. was. Mm. Um... So what happens next? So you get married and then you become fluent in Japanese. So tell me about how you, at the time you were a nanny. So bring us up to date. Okay, so I was nannying and then I wanted to move in with my husband, boyfriend mm-hmm. at the time. Um, so it wasn't really feasible to nanny as well because nannying hours are quite long. Yes. So um, we moved into a tiny, tiny, tiny little flat. And then you were like, along oh, this is Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah. Disappointing. <laughs> yeah. 
And I didn't actually see the flat before we moved in because yeah. uh, I wasn't... Well, we were trying to go and see flats together, but nobody would rent to me because I was a foreigner. Yeah. Right? So yeah. he just picked the flat. Oh, I would never have picked it. It was right on the 246. So six lanes of traffic at the bottom, six lanes of traffic of the expressway. So the 246 is a massive, massive road, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, huge, yeah. So we lived right on the 246 yeah. in this tiny little flat. And it was like one of the happiest times of my life. It was great. So yeah, just the two of us. And, and I worked for an international preschool just kind of around the corner from mm-hmm. where I was living. And I worked there for a couple of years, and then a friend of mine said to me, I've got a really good job working at Friends School, which is a Quaker high school, okay. teaching English. Um, do you want to work here? I was like, yeah, I don't want to work there. Yeah, so um, the, the salary was like double what I was getting, so it was a big draw. So I went there, and I taught English for a couple of years, and during the time that I was there, uh, we got married, and I got pregnant with my daughter. So then, really quickly then? Yeah, like, yeah, so she's 16, so, you know, somewhere in that, I think we lived together for like three or four years, kind of got married and... And how did you yeah. learn Japanese then? At that uh, Quaker High School. Right, so yeah, so I was teaching about the, that because I've never managed to get to grips with Japanese, to my great shame. Yeah, well, um, when you're teaching a group of high school girls and they're doing this to you, talking to their friends... Mm-hmm. Like you very quickly want to know what they're saying about you. Oh really? Yeah. When you're supposed well. to tr- control yeah. them in the classroom, okay. like, or not control them, but sort of yeah. teach them English, I was, I wanted to know that what they were saying. I wanted to try and, yeah, make connections and, uh, you know, really teach them to my best, to, to the best of my ability. Um, so I just picked it up. I think that I learnt more Japanese from them than they learnt English from me. Oops. You must have put some effort in because honestly, Japanese is not. I, I don't find it a language that you can super just pick up on its own. Tell me more about that. I think by that time, a lot of my original foreign friends that had been here when I first got here had left. Right. So I was hanging out with my husband. I was working in a Japanese environment, having to go to all meetings in Japanese. I see. And then hanging out with my husband's friends who didn't really speak English. Like when we went to eat ramen, and I think my husband had gone to the toilet, or boyfriend at the time, yeah, and uh, one of the guys said to me, dead pig noodle like ramen Aww. I was like oh that's so sweet of you to try and explain but yeah I'm alright I don't want any of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah I think I did I just picked it up I've, I've never I did I like I had one lesson and it was what was it Japanese for busy people oh, did yeah. you ever do that book it was yeah. horrendous yeah. <laughs> Mr. Smith something 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 and my Japanese Sumis teacher said son. yeah he said Sumis, and mm-hmm. I said if it's Smith-san, I'm going to call him Smith-san, I'm not going to call him Sumisa-san, and that was kind of the end of my studies. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Do you read and write, or...? With my phone. With your phone. Mm. Okay. Wow. That's really... That, that's some serious gambare master. That's seriously hanging there. Not consciously, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not consciously. I admire you for that, frankly. I really do. I'm going to just get that straight out there because for me it's just been I, I don't know whether it's just my personality type or whatever but does your husband speak really good English? Actions. yeah you see mine has sorry yeah, Sagey I'm there. sorry Sagey he doesn't yeah. speak very good English yeah so we speak English at home so yeah. that's one reason was yeah. that he became my in-house translator yeah. and interpreter and yeah. until he got fed up with it and then yeah. stopped and then we had an argument and now we're, <laughs> <laughs> now we're back on again yeah. <laughs> brilliant yeah. so you had your daughter yep yeah. 
And then what did you do? Did you continue working or did you decide to... Did, what, where, yeah. What's happening next? Okay, so I um, had my daughter, loved it. Uh, yeah, loved it, but also had postnatal depression too. Yeah. yeah, so that was a bit of a phase in there. And then when she was about two, I started a little import business. Because mm. there were certain things that I wanted to buy for her that I couldn't buy in Japan, but I knew that had an income. So you started an import business? Yeah. So I, I like the way you just kind of casually mentioned, like, yeah, I just started a business. <laughs> like, okay, all right, you started a business. How yeah. did you do that? Well, I just called people and said, oh, I like your product, I want to send it in Japan. So where, where were these people? Oh, in England. I would like, I'd find the product and I would just call them and say, I want to sell this stuff in Japan. And they would say, who are you? I said, my name's Lindsay Sowager and I think I'm going to start a business. <laughs> I, I, see, I love this. I mean, this is so straightforward, Lindsay. But, you know, for, for me, if I was like, oh, you know, I want to start an import-export business, I'd be like, oh, how do you do that? Like, I wouldn't mm. just be like, oh, no. You know, what's... Mm. I love that. Just... Mm. I think there was a big need for it. Maternity mm -hmm. bras as well. I mean, I didn't really have a problem. That's not, we're not yeah. going to kid anybody here. But a lot of people did, yeah. So I imported maternity and nursing bras too for a while, yeah. Uh, so that's that part of the story. To cut a long story short, it was quite a short-lived project. It mm -hmm. was really successful, but after a couple of years, I kind of lost interest because, you know, I'd only got one daughter and, you know, she'd kind of grown out of a lot of the stuff that I was importing. Mm -hmm. and it was time for the next thing because mm -hmm. all the time while I was doing that I was going to the gym and taking Zumba classes with the most amazing Zumba teacher yeah and Who's that? his name is Watanabe Shinjiro yeah where's his studio it's there's a big gym down the street called Renaissance I yeah. see okay. yeah yeah and yeah so uh, I said to him I really want to teach Zumba and he said yeah you'd be great you should go for it so I did mm -hmm. and then uh get my jobs. Oh, I just, I, yeah, I just went to a studio and said, I've got a Zumba license, I want to work here, and they said. So you got a license? Yeah. How do you go about getting a license? Because licensing things is really important in Japan, isn't it? Yeah. Getting a license for yeah. certain things. You have to dance your bollocks off for about <laughs> <laughs> three days straight. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, basically. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they know that you've got the, yeah. the smarts and the body. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then I just rented little studios by the hour. That doesn't sound very good, does it? And no, not at all. Um, yeah, and people came. Yeah, and then I did that for a few years. But all the time while I was doing that as well, I was taking yoga classes too. Mm -hmm. And if you want, if we kind of want to really trace back to the uh, beginning of yoga, when I first came to Japan, I went to a gym in Roppongi. Yeah, and I took a yoga class. Like the very first yoga class that I took. I was with my friend and we got kicked out for laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, it was kind of a constant. And, you know, all this kind of body movement stuff is always... Kept coming back to it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah dipping in and out of different How kind of things. How do you feel then when you kind of start get, getting back into it, dipping in and out of it, as you say, like, how did it feel when you were, when you were getting into the yoga, when you were getting into that... How did you feel when you started getting back to this body stuff? Oh, it's just stuff? me. This is me. This is exactly what I need to do to be, like, well up here. I see. Yeah, yeah. And where does that register on your body, like, that feeling of, like, I don't know, how would you describe it? This is me, this is me. It's just kind of like a, it's in the gut, and, you, and it makes you smile and your shoulders come down, and, yeah, yeah. And it just feels amazing in the, in the body, but in the mind, too. It's like a little light's kind of shining in the mind. I feel like that when I'm lying on a sofa. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that when I'm lying on a sofa too sometimes, yeah. Oh, genuinely. Yeah. Um, 
That's brilliant. And so you've just got the one daughter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's 16. Yeah. And you live in a three-generation living house now. So when did you start, when did you decide to, okay, so this is the, the, the work, the question on mm. so many mixed marriage lips mm. is this, like, mm. what, how do you make the decision to move into the family surroundings? When your stuff? income goes from two to one and you're about to have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, that was it. It's just, that's how it was. Yeah. Mm. So it was when your daughter was born that you decided to move in? Yeah, a couple of months before she was born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we moved in. Okay. And that was with your mother-in-law? Yes. Yeah. Father-in-law, I've never met. He died before I was together with my husband, which is a shame because I think he was a great guy. Yeah. 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 Now, I've met your mother-in-law and I actually really quite like her. She's funny. She's got a spirit. Yeah, she has. She has. Yeah. Uh, and she speaks English. Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you, how do you find this, like, so it's been 16 plus years now yeah. that you've been living like this. Tell us a bit about that. I mean, it's got its ups and downs, but I think, um, I mean, the ups are, like, when my daughter was little, she was, there was usually somewhere in here, if I needed to pop out and get something, or, you know, if I wanted to go to my dance class, she would stay with my daughter. I took guitar classes for a while, so mm-hmm. she stayed with her then in the evenings and things like that. It wasn't like I was dumping her on it all the time, but it was just, it was nice. And then when everyone else is out, and, but they want dinner when they get home, then I could make dinner for them, or vice versa, you know? Um, all those kind of lovely things that you can do as a family that just make other people's lives easier mm-hmm. yeah and um you know it's tricky sometimes you can't say exactly what you want to say but then there's like you can't say exactly what you want to say so you're not going to go off your nut at your husband if you're mad with him like you've got to kind of be respectful a little bit yeah especially the first few li- few years when we lived together and I think that was probably quite good for us actually good for me because yeah. I tend to be like if I go, I'm 50 feet and climbing. Yeah. It takes a lot for me to go, but when I do, yeah. I go off. Yeah. But no, not since. Yeah, I'm a little bit more calm and, yeah. Yeah, there's not wrong with that, actually. There's a, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that we, we feel like we should be able to just go off and do all these things that we mm-hmm. want to, but having that kind of... It's mindfulness in action, isn't it? it? Is. Let's totally. be honest. Let's, yeah. I mean, we're, we're going there. Mm. We're going towards this kind of where we come up to now and the yoga and the meditation and the whole kind of mindfulness lifestyle, which is so popular now in, mm. in, in kind of the mainstream as well. I mean, you know, 10, 20 years ago, I'm sure we were talking about this kind of thing. Mm. Suddenly, you know, the Harvard Business Review gets hold of it and suddenly somebody somewhere invented it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, it, yeah, it is. It's mindfulness in action. So you've been taught by living in this three-generation household some form of mindfulness mm. actually in action, not the trendy stuff. Mm. No, I, yeah, really, really. I, it, it, there are challenging things about it, and you know, it wouldn't be fair to say some of the challenging things. But from my part, is just that you know, it keeps me. Uh, I have to register what I say before I say it sometimes. And that's really good. I think that's been really good for me. Yeah. In, in what way? In what way? Yeah. Like, so I've kind of labelled it mindfulness, but just say a little bit more about that. You know, is it kind to say to a 70-something-year-old woman, ah, rah, rah, rah. no, it's not, is it, really? You could say it nicely. 
Yeah, and I have to be careful not to trample on people because I'm, you know, I can be a little bit bossy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying, I try not to be bossy with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if my husband and I are having like a bit of a disagreement about something, like I was brought up in a household. I mean, I think everybody that knows my, knows my family knows this, so I don't think I'm speaking out of turn, but they're battles, battles, not fisticuffs generally, but like anger, real anger. And no I, filters. No, not at all. And I, I've had to filter myself, but I really feel that has been good for me because I think I would have, that would have been one of the things that I would have bought my, what did you say, heritage or something? Cultural he- inheritance. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I might have brought that to the table if it hadn't been for my mother-in-law. I love that so much. I really do. I'm just. I'm actually want to cry. Actually, I'm just digesting it too. I'm having a little moment here because it's it's like what me and I mean. Oftentimes, people who practice things like you and I do, like yoga and mindfulness and coaching and what have you, we do the work because we need the work, mm. because we want the work, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not because we're flipping perfect masters. No, 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 no. No, most right. of the yoga teachers that I know are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, include myself yeah, in that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, 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 yes, yeah. everyone's it, everyone's got a really interesting backstory. That's what says many, many ways to lead a life. Yeah. And I just I, and and it's like it, it's almost it's almost like it's hard to put into words because I can only feel it right now. Both of us just felt it really strongly. Then there was a really big shift in the emotional field there when you said that. Like it's like oh. Oh, because like that North of England kind of cultural inheritance of that kind of combative kind of verbal, like anything goes as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. But also be careful what you say, but Mm. also I'm going to say what I want kind Mm. of thing. Mm. And then you're like, oh, this is this is how this is how you can also do it. You can also do it like this. And then then. It, it, I don't know how to put it into words, but there's just like more verbal. Mm. We were talking on the train on the way here about how verbal stuff can get in the way so much sometimes, mm. and how when we run our retreat, we're going to have yes. a silent half an hour when we first yes. come in, yes. so we don't have to do that. And Kyle, who's our videographer, was saying that his his um, hairstylist assistant is um, doesn't hear; she's deaf. Right. So that she she communicates like this to him. And he finds that much better than trying right. to verbalise what he wants. Yeah. There's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of deep, deep learning in there. It's so, I've got goosebumps all over my body now. It's like, just how to do things better and breaking those, those habits and those familiar habits that just can be our undoing. Mm. And if you've been raised in one of those households, because our, our default as humans is back to the familiar. Mm. And if you've been raised in one of those households where that, verbal battle is part and parcel of your cultural inheritance Mm. it can feel quite frightening to let Mm. it go Mm. it can feel like a violation of your rights Mm. or it can feel like a a terrible surrender of some description but Mm. i this is this is really important stuff Lindsay. thank you for sharing that super super stuff i don't think i've ever verbalized it like that either so that was good for me too yeah yeah you've done Yeah. yeah you've really hit on something really important there and just you know, sometimes I talk to people about pivot points. Like, sometimes something happens in our life that creates a pivot. Like, our landlord knocked on our door the day before mm. yesterday and said, you're out. Yeah, and I'm thinking you should move to Kyoto. <laughs> 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 to be continued. 
but um, it, it's like um, that's a pivot point. Um, another pivot point, interestingly, well, you've just described, a, you know, many pivot points there, but what others, but that moment we just had there was a pivot point for me and for you and maybe hopefully for our listeners and mm. viewers as well. Mm. It's just one of those things where things fall into place and you realise these really gentle little things that happen to us in daily life. And also our cultural inheritance and our family of origin inheritance. It can... There, there are ways to do things. and I'm grateful to my family, but there's a cultural inheritance there. Some things that I want to undo. Yeah. And that's part of... And, and part of that is... is is so that I can be of more service in the world. That sounds so cheesy in a way, but like that's it. It's like I just want to be more of myself in the world. Yeah. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Yeah. It totally makes sense. Yeah. And my but with myself with control. Not, with skill. Yeah. Yeah. With skill. And one of the tenets of leadership that I use in corporate training actually is to be yourself with skill. Right. And it's the skill part that we develop. And if we have a cultural inheritance of somewhat, and with love I say this, unskilled communication, and then you come into something different and you have to kind of match that, or you choose to match that, or you choose to be like, hmm, what's going to be the... Like, do you feel like you've lost anything by not going off your rocker with your husband? Oh, no, it's so much better. It's <laughs> so much better. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't take you anywhere down any nice streets. <laughs> I, you're so right. Mm. Oh, my God. And I, I mean... This is such a cliche. Are you a redhead? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And there's, there is a cliche, isn't there, that redheads go off the rockers a bit quicker. What do they call it? Like an angry redhead or something like Fiery that? Fiery or Fiery something like that. Fiery redhead or yeah. So, yeah, I, I can go off my rocker, but it, you're right, and it just hurts people's feelings. Yeah, it does. And then also you feel like a bit of a knob afterwards too. <laughs> well, and this is one of the things that I, uh, I really love about you, Lindsay, which compelled me to talk to you. Is like we had, if you don't mind me mentioning, you can talk had, any about anything that coaching session that we had. Anything is open; it's fine. Okay, because when we had that coaching session, I don't want to go into detail uh, too much, but like you were just hungry for everything. You were yeah. like, yeah, 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 yeah. You just like, and I put it into action as well, and you put it straight into action you. afterwards, and. Um, and this, this to me aligns with what we've just talked about very clearly. It's that kind of looking around and going, there may be a better way to do this. And this is, so I'm going to look to the experts about this or something like that. Or people who just have something that I don't have. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to teach you yoga. You teach me yoga, but I'm not going to be questioning yoga. And it's, it's like, I, I don't know, again, I, I, I'm at a loss with verbal stuff sometimes. Just that sense of being like just ripe and open for it. You said you were worried about being seen to be a knob, which means an idiot. And I said, some people do think that there's somebody somewhere in a room somewhere now who thinks you're a knob. Yeah. And you were like, it's such a relief in a way. Yeah, you're it was like, a total relief. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not your mate, so I'm not going to go, no. In that situation, yeah. I am your mate, but yeah. like when I'm your coach, I'm your coach, right? Yeah. So, it really helped. It really yeah. helped because then it yeah. helped me do advertising and make my website and all sorts. Oh. Yeah, because I I wasn't advertising because I thought, oh. what if people think I'm a bit of a knob? Yeah. Like, you know, that kind of like, I didn't want to be like cheesy car salesman. Yeah. But, but what, what's wrong with car salesmen? No, there's Just nothing wrong with them. Cars. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And if people don't know about my business, yeah. then I'm doing them a disservice, yeah. is what, which is what you taught me. Yeah. Yeah. 
precisely, precisely, and that con- that conversation continues. And it's the same for me, and that's one of the reasons why I'm off social media as well, because we're all susceptible to this. Yeah. We're all susceptible to worrying what people think about us, mm. and we're all influenced by that, and it can take you off course, mm. not only in the thing that you want to do, but in the thing that, in your mind, it can take you, like literally take you off the rails. It can upset you, it can put you in depression, it can put you in anxiety mm. and I don't wish that for anybody mm. at all I think it, with, with mostly for for our age people aren't deliberately doing things but I have to tell you for my daughter her age group people are deliberately posting things to upset other people you know like teenage stuff but when we were kids we didn't have that like you might get a letter passed around a classroom or something but Same like thing, yeah. it, it's worse because it's there for everybody to see yeah and then you can like click the screen it's like no I didn't do that or yeah you did yeah it's hard yeah it's hard for them same yeah same same but different isn't mm. it but yeah in our generation can have like there's very subtle ways i notice that people bring each other down mm. very subtle ways and it can be it can even be like just if you give somebody a compliment and they bat it back to you you're like mm. oh mm. Mm. yeah or so when you I met, accept I, a compliment yeah you think i'm if I accept your compliments, then you think I'm a bit a bit like that, oh, you know? Okay. Or if they say, oh, so-and-so is a bit showy, isn't she? Like, I'm avoiding you. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you know, like, yeah. there's really... Or you meet someone on the street when you're in your yoga clothes, and then later on they post on their social media. Yoga clothes are not general day-to-day wear clothes. We'll say no more. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Well, yes, know, they are. You're a yoga teacher, yeah. I mean, uh, we, that's a whole rabbit hole we could jump down. But I think it's, it's super important for people. Like, I am on such a mission to empower women and other perhaps marginalised people yeah. or anybody who just feels like they shouldn't just tell the goddamn truth. That's mm. all I'm asking people mm. to do mm. is tell the truth. Mm. Don't. Put yourself down. Mm. Don't underplay. Mm. For me, mm. that's as squeamish as mm. overplaying. Mm. Mm. Because I want, to, I want to be able to stand up in the world and I want you to be able to stand up in the world and be like, some people are going to think I'm a knob. Mm. And I'm okay with that because mm. I know mm. that what I do is from a good place. And that they're not my people. And maybe they're not my people and maybe they are my people, but I just want to... But I don't know and mm. maybe they're not my people. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because... There was, uh, I mean, just just as a kind of, in brackets, a few years ago, there was a really big kind of, in the coaching world, big kind of call to slash and burn those people who aren't your people. Do you know what I mean? Like, if they're not your people, then move away from them and things like that. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of a little bit, I'm a a bit more like you with your mother-in-law. I'm a little bit more like that right now because I just kind of want to pull back a little bit. All right, so we, we're just talking about, we're getting right into the juicy parts of like mindfulness yes. and all this beauty, all this good stuff. So I'd really like to talk about this lovely, lovely, intimate yoga studio that you've designed here and how long has it been going for? And it's in the family home. Yes. You've taken the living room of the family home <laughs> and converted it. Yeah. So just tell me, what when did you get that spark to do that and how did you negotiate that with the family? Um, 
well, sort of like learning yoga for a long time and then learning how to teach yoga. And it seemed pointless to know how to teach and then not to actually teach. And um, when, you know, my body started to become sore from being a Zumba instructor, all okay, that so bouncing up and down. Like a couple of years, I a think. Two, three, Two or three, four. Years. No, I, this is, I'm not very good with long timelines. Okay. Yeah, but I, somewhere between three, three and a half, maybe, years. yeah, something like that. Where yeah, did you I think. Teach, by the way? At Next Akasaka. Do you know that little gym in Next? And there was a, a, a couple of little studios up in Setagaya as well. One was called Movement, it's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I used to rent a couple of different um, studio so spaces. So, with the Akasaka one, that's quite a, 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 an expatish kind of area as yes. well. Did you attract a lot of the English speaking community there? It was about half and half. Half yeah. and half. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, it's yeah. quite a high proportion yeah. compared with the population. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I just started to feel really tired from that, and that I was practicing more and more yoga by myself. So, and going to more and more classes, and yeah, I just really, I, I'm one of those people that once I learn something, I kind of want to teach it too. So, um, yeah, I, I wanted to, I wanted to teach, but also I knew the sort of, I'm not sure they're pitfalls for everyone, but there was a pitfall for me having to travel around the city to teach. Yes. Because I was travelling longer than I was actually teaching. Yeah, it was exhausting. Yes. Um, so I really wanted to do something in one place. And I'm not a massive risk taker. I didn't feel like I wanted to take the risk and open a studio. Right, somewhere. Exactly, I when I hadn't taught yoga in a lot of other yes. places yet. Yeah, so we had a spare bedroom upstairs. So... I, I see it, our family's pretty casual. When I say when I talk about this, I just think I'm yeah, <laughs> we're such casual kind of people. Because I said to my husband, oh, "What do you think about me having a yoga studio here?" And he said, "Oh, I think it's a great idea." And I said to my mother-in-law, "What do you think?" And she's like, "Yeah, it's fine." And that was that. So then I just kind of bought the paint, ripped up the carpets, took the sofa upstairs to the spare room. Actually, everyone had to switch rooms, so the biggest room was the is now the living room. Yeah, and just got on with it, sort of painted and put the yeah. floors down, and yeah, that was it. And then I started. So that I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm having the theme that. again. That's gonna, <laughs> yes, it's the theme. I've just got on with it. That's <laughs> going to be one of the taglines on this hashtag. Just got on with it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, brilliant. So, how long ago was that again? The studio's been open since May 2017. So, two and a bit years. Two and a half years. Love it. And so tell us more about this. Well, actually, I want to hear about yoga. What does yoga mean to you? Like why? So you were doing Zumba and then, you know, that that was your kind of homecoming, would you mm, say? Mm, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The move back to sort of uh, what I wanted to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. And then we my stay body. with the body with yoga. And, and yeah. Is yoga something you think you can practice till the end of your life? Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I really hope so. I feel it is. Yeah. It's yeah. one that, it, you know... Yeah, the, the, uh, there, there are... The general uh, kind of person that comes to the studio is female between 30 and 50. But I do have a couple of 80-year-olds and I've got a mum's class, so I've got babies here as well. So anything between, like, zero to 80 is... Kind zero of, to 80? Yeah, but, I mean, generally, it's, like, 30s to But 50s. that's true. Zero yeah. to 80. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I mean, they, they have no plan on stopping anytime soon, I don't mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Yeah. And what is it about yoga that you love? I mean, I know you do meditation and, mm-hmm. and so on as well. And we've talked about mindfulness in a kind of unconscious way. Yeah. So I would say that's kind of like unconscious mindfulness in practice. 
but in yoga it's I guess a bit more deliberate mm. so can you tell me more about that the like what yoga itself means to you I mean mm. clearly we've got a little beautiful table here <laughs> of, of various <laughs> but I just look a complete nutter don't I look all my like little like crystally things you know what here's, here's, here's my attitude to this I'm rather live in a <laughs> slightly magical channel <laughs> yeah i mean this looks like my home doesn't it basically um, is do i believe that yeah, this oh, look, is going to this, cure my cancer this is my <laughs> this is my new thing it's my pendant and if you you have to train it to say yes and no and then you can ask it questions it's amazing <laughs> my husband thinks it's the biggest pile of bullshit he's ever seen but i love it it's like you're moving that in the direction you want it to go. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> That's exactly what I do. <laughs> you know, but it's it, to me this is fun. I mean, if I start, if, if, if you know, if, if I'm diagnosed with cancer and you see me throwing this over my body and not going to the doctor, have a word. I will. I right? will. Don't worry. I'll, I On will the other do hand, the same. If as well. I'm perfectly well and I stick that in front of my computer, thinking it might like absorb some of the, the blue light. Yeah. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah, it is pretty. <laughs> oh, oh, Sarah. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> yeah, so what does yoga mean to me? Uh, it just keeps me really nice and calm. It keeps me mentally clear. Uh, it keeps me fit. Yeah. Um, and it's really built this like really wonderful community for me. Mm. And I think living as a foreigner in Japan... You know, if you, I've got a lot of wonderful foreign friends, but um, it's nice to have that stability of having a Japanese community around yes. you and people that you can support and people yeah. that can support me. Like, as a lady, she didn't break, let me be clear, she didn't break her arm in class, but she broke her arm at the golf course. Yeah, and everybody took her, like, meals around and stuff. People from the studio. Yeah. I was so lovely. That's exactly what I wanted for the studio. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So you become part of the fabric of your local community, yes. your neighbourhood, yes. which can sometimes not happen if you don't know what's going exactly. on around you, if you're different. Yeah. I think it's something, you know, that can be... I don't want to get too dramatic, but like it can be quite isolating oh, it, sometimes. Absolutely it can. And yeah. so if you can do something to become part of the fabric of the community, like I have something really simple that I do, um, which is um, I have like some plants and flowers outside the house that I have to go out and water. So mm. then I end up seeing the yes. woman who owns the flats over the road. Yeah. And we say konnichiwa, it's yeah. a nice day. Yeah. The flowers are nice, thanks. Yeah. There's another old woman who comes past, who used to water my plants for me, and she would bring me basil plants around. So you just start to feel a little bit more like the fabric of your yeah. community. That's what I did with the chalkboard out the ah, front. Yes. So I've got these two big chalkboard signboards out the front. Yes. And originally I just had one, and the reason I put it was there was because I couldn't afford... A, a proper signboard, so I made it myself. But Amazing. then I realised that. Were you there with the saw? Oh yeah, and the blackboard oh paints God, and the chalk, yeah, yeah, everything in the garden. And if you want to see, this is why the blanket. Look, this is chalkboard paints on this chair. <laughs> I don't know if you can oh, see it, or not, which is why that was on there to hide it, so it looks more professional. Hashtag just get on with it. <laughs> so yeah, so I realised that when I was out there writing on it, because at the beginning I didn't have waterproof chalk, so we out there every bloody day once it rained, yeah. getting the you know write, rewriting, and yeah, loads of people would stop and talk, even if they don't come to the studio. People walking by with their dogs and. You know, all sorts of people stop and chat and ask what I'm doing. Yes. And even if they don't come, maybe someone that they know will come. And that is actually what's happened, yeah. 
That's really interesting because I think sometimes people just need the reason to talk to you. Just coming up and be like, hello, yeah. can be a little bit embarrassing, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. But if there's a if there's a compelling call to action, like, yeah. oh, hello, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Genius. Yeah, Genius. so that's the, that's the second board that's out there now because the first one snapped in a time <laughs> Yeah, but I'm going to keep that. That's going to be like a a, re- a permanent thing here. Hmm. On a practical note, are you a sole proprietor? Yes. Yes. So you're a sole yeah. pro- uh, blue blue form. Is that right? I don't know. The don't tax know my boards. husband does my taxes yes, for me. So <laughs> yeah, my tax accountant does my outsourcing for the win. Um, so um, good. So you're a sole proprietor here. And what's the practicalities of kind of maintaining it and stuff? Or was it just a case of populating with it, all the gear and? Just getting started. Just yeah, just get on with it. Same same thing. Just need. I bought mats because I thought you know a lot of people don't want to necessarily carry mats yes. and then go and that's somewhere not else. Huge and expensive. No, no, it's either. not. And then I real I didn't have blocks at the beginning, but then I realised you know because I'm a little I'm quite flexible, so I didn't really need the blocks. But lots of people need blocks, so then I bought the blocks. Oh, I love yoga, and I'm the one that the yoga teacher's coming up and slipping extra blocks under. Blocks are not for beginners. Blocks are not for beginners, and until I started teaching really realized that blocks were not for beginners so yeah I'm learning all the time every single day I'm learning something new as I teach yeah and um and then yeah then I bought the blankets and that's pretty much it I think yeah and I'm constantly buying books eek beautiful um so thank you for sharing those what are your proudest moments um that gives another like wave of <laughs> almost tears. Um, having my daughter, oh. yeah, and to add to that, like without happen. pain relief, um, that's kind of a Japanese thing too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you want to take pain relief, choices. <laughs> yeah, no choices, unfortunately. Where not, I'm, yeah. not when you had yours. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, maintaining like a happy marriage too. I mean, getting married is a proud moment, but the maintaining a happy marriage is the prouder thing. Yeah. Yeah. And just having a laugh with my husband every day. And he's really busy and I'm really busy. And sometimes, you know, just hold hands as he gets into bed late at night or vice versa. I go to bed quite early, but yeah, that kind of thing. And just, yeah, being being happy and making a choice to be happy is a really kind of proud thing for me because I think... You know, there are some things in my life that haven't been that easy and I could have potentially been a not happy person. <laughs> but to make the choice to be happy and to laugh and enjoy life and, you know, do what I can, I think that's, that makes me proud. So you've just made that choice. Do you feel your feelings as well, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My daughter was away at camp a couple of weeks ago and... The house, like, like she, you know, she's in a room a lot of the time, or she's at school, or, or she's doing her, you know, her circus stuff that she does. And um, she, I laid on the floor for like two days, feeling my feelings. Like, this is really weird. There's a really different energy in the house without her here. Yeah, that's going to be interesting as okay. she kind of moves on. I think, you know, this kind of almost, I'm, I'm heading towards being one of those. Empty, Empty nesters. Okay, so I actually want to go here, okay. Lindsay, because you know, people of our age, and probably a lot of people who are watching this, will be becoming empty nesters. But empty nesters is just another word for the grief of loss. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I also want to just talk about your daughter. So I met your daughter the other week, and I just find her such a breath of fresh air. <laughs> I really did. But like, Good. here's the thing. <laughs> 
she's actually going to join the Cirque du Soleil. So this is something that I, if, if you don't mind me no, saying go ahead, that. go ahead. Is, we, that we hope, we hope. Well, she, fingers she's, crossed. She's, she's on her way. So I just want to give a little bit of background to this because I want to I know about your parenting because like if we look mm. back at, you and me have just t- mm. told the story of how we kind of, we veered away from what we wanted to do based mm. on the best, we very best we mm. could mm. with the people that, that were doing the very best they could as well. But your, your daughter has just kind of gone, I want to do this, I want to join the circus, I want to become a circus performer. She's incredibly flexible, her body allows her to do that. She's, she's, she, when I sat down with her and I said to her, you know, what do you do, show me what you do, she didn't go, oh, it's nothing. Oh, no, no, she oh. loves to talk about it. Yeah, she wants <laughs> she to talk you about down. it. And she was like, and I'm on the silks here. And she was showing me herself on the silks. And it made me so happy, Lindsay. Oh, thank such you, Sarah. a breath of fresh air oh, to see somebody, and especially a young woman, saying, yeah, here's what I do. I'm really good at it. I'm devoted. And I started talking to her about it. She said, yeah, I, basically, I have to be an Olympic athlete. Like an Olympic athlete, yeah? Right? That's brilliant. Yeah, oh, no, it's true. It's, it's she true. has to completely devote herself to yeah. this stuff, you yeah. know? Like, 100% devote herself to mm. it. And this, you know, for me, that's just a better context because I don't really know about circus and things like that. Right. But obviously, it's, it's like if you're going to join a royal ballet or if you're going to you know, dance with Madonna or... Mm. I'm so old. Okay. <laughs> Madonna, that young, fresh artist. <laughs> Katy Perry, even she's old now. Yeah. You know? yeah. um, but, you know, if you're going to do something at the top of your game, especially especially physically, mm. you have to devote yourself to it completely. Mm. And her devotion meant that she's she's had to leave school, take mm. herself out of the school system. Mm. So she's in this... Funny little class with like only boys. That's another thing she said. Yeah, I'm the only girl in my class. I'm like, what? I don't even understand what you're talking about. This is so far outside of my field of like Mm. school, university, job. Mm. To hell with it. I'm going to Japan. Mm. (laughs) You Mm. know, this is so incredible to me. And I've just kind of laid it out really simply. But this is how I see this through my eyes. But I don't only see her. I see you and your husband. But I'm interested in you. Like, how do you parent for that? Like. Like, just is it was it just very easy for you? Was it just choosing the happy routes again? Like, what allowed you to allow her to do that? So I don't really consider it to be my choice. Beautiful. But, uh, so what happened at the beginning was she saw aerial yoga on TV. Um, and she said, I want to do that. I thought, I don't think you want to do aerial that. Aerial yoga. Aerial yoga. So, so aerial in, uh, sorry, uh, not aerial, yoga in... Uh, like aerial silks tissue and you hang it from the roof and then you do aerial uh, sorry you do yoga in so you basically in, mater- in material curtain like yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly like curtain, but it's yeah. actually called silk yes exactly and so when we're talking about silks yes. that's what we're talking about yeah. sometimes you'll see people kind of wrap themselves up in it and then unravel themselves and they're right but it's that, incredible yeah so the yoga side is just really like kind of a fitness and side it's nothing yeah. too dramatic yeah. and I said I don't think you want to do that I think you want to do this and I showed her Cirque du Soleil on YouTube she's like yeah that's what I want to do and I swear How to God how did I know that? Yeah, how did you know that she... Did you just know she was a bit more active and cheeky? Or Both my husband and I love sports. And, like, okay. she was whizzing down a ski slope at, okay. at age three faster than I could. So she's kind of, yes, really sporty and active. And I, it was just kind of a joke, really. And she said, no, that is what I want to do. And um, she pestered me for a year. Every single day, have you found a studio? Have you found a studio? And I had found a studio. I'd found two 
One was in Shibuya, which is quite close, and I think it, the main thing was a pole dance studio, and I thought, I can't bring myself to send my eight-year-old to a pole dance studio. Now, a pole dancing, I don't think, is what I think pole dancing is. Like, it's like, a, you know, there's nothing creepy about it. You know, people aren't taking their clothes friendly, but that's kind of what my image was. I can't send her there. And then the other one was in Kinshicho, which is way over the other side of town. It's completely... Which is where you've been today. It is where yeah. I've been today, yeah. Um, so I, I made a wait for a year. And then one weekend, my husband was working, and she was pestering me. I thought, oh, blow it, whatever. Blow it. I don't usually say blow it. I was going to say, <laughs> this is me editing myself. I was going to say, fuck it. <laughs> oh, blow guess. it. Oh, blow it. Blow it. To heck he- with it. And I took her, Such <laughs> a nice lady. Took her over to Kinshicho and she went in. I swear to God, she did this. It feels like magic in here. I was like, oh God, here we go. I'm going to be driving to Kinshicho once a week. It wasn't once a week. It's like six times a week. Wow. Yeah, so obviously it just started with once a week and she got better and better and better. I wanted to take more and more classes. And yeah, and I wanted to support her doing what she wanted to do because... I think I, I, mm. I, I hope my mum doesn't watch this and think, oh, you know. Same. Yeah, I don't, I don't want my mum to feel bad because my mum really tried to do the very, very best for me. I really believe that. Yeah, same. But I really wanted to do some creative thing with my life and I don't think that it was within my parents' conscience, uh, conscious. Whatever. Field of view. Field, field of view, of vision, yeah. That's, they were just yeah. trying to get a rationing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, but I really thought, oh, this could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll just see where it goes. So it's kind of an experiment, and we don't really know if it will end well or not. So, yeah, she went to um, a school called Wako. Wako. I think that's hilarious. Um, and she went there until junior high. And it, it just became a... Because that's even further out of the city. It's in Tsurukawa. So, I mean... Really, it's two hours between the studio, and she was travelling there and back every day, or like stopping at home. I would, I'd have made lunch or di- sorry dinner at lunchtime, and she'd take it in a bento box and take it. I'd drive her there, and then we'd drive all the way home at like ten at night, where it was just really unsustainable. Yeah. <laughs> but we did it. We sustained it for three years, and then for high school, she, um, I just think she didn't. She wasn't really getting along with all the girls and at school she'd had a few kind of you know tricky kind of things and she didn't feel really um close with anybody at school at that particular time yeah, yeah. and i think that sort of propelled her into she being happy to or domestic no school? Domestic it's school? Yeah, yeah yeah um so now she goes to this kind of a cram school and it's to get her it's called it's originally called daiken and it's not exactly the same as a high school qualification but i think in America, it would be called the GED. I see. I so don't know if we've got it in basically taking her out of the ordinary school system yeah. into this so you can fast-track her education. Exactly. So she can get the qualification she needs to go to university if she wants to in the future. Yes. So you can fast-track her into full-time circus school so yes. she can join the Cirque du Soleil. Exactly. Bravo. That's I always wondered how people... Where do these people come from? I'm watching them on, like, in the Cirque du Soleil and stuff, and I'm like, how does... How, do, what, what happened? Mm. Who are mm. these people? Mm. And now I know. 
But I swear to God, so these aerial tissues, right, aerial silks, yeah. she, she did this for like three months. She couldn't even get one thing, one leg. She couldn't even climb like one little bit. Yeah. And I was thinking, she's going to stop this soon. Like, she's going to get fed up. And then, incredible. Yeah, just little by little, she got better and better and better. And yeah, and when uh, uh, in August, then she's going to do a full time one year course at the aerial gym where she's at. And they're really going to. They've got dance instructors in there for her and gymnastics instructors and circus instructors and she's going to take a full-on year and do that. And then that's in Tokyo? That's in Tokyo. So that's for yep. the next year? That's for the next year and then beyond that, hopefully, circus Incredible. school either. She really wants to go to Canada. It's right, the circus school, it's called the ENC, Ecole Nationale de Cirque or something like that, yeah, and then... The um, Cirque du Soleil headquarters is, I mean, it's literally across the street. So the school's linked very closely with the Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, so that's her dream. Yeah, there are other options within the dream, but that's the number one dream. That's the number one dream. Yes. She could be dancing for Madonna if she plays a <laughs> concert. <laughs> oh, Madonna. <laughs> um, beautiful. So what's coming in the future for the Setagaya Yoga Studio and for Lindsay Sawada? What's the, what's yeah. your dream from now on? And, you know, you've got this yeah. whole this time's opening up once yeah. your daughter moves. There's a really, as a huge thought process going on at the moment. Um, possibly other instructors in the studio. Possibly. Okay. I'm not 100% sure on that yet. And possibly, uh, I won't say exactly what yet, but maybe merchandise to go with the studio but more consumable merchandise than like clothing merch merch possibly you're yes. vegan right yes okay we didn't even go there but we're not going to go there so this so 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 you really are starting to think about like creating this so some more business that's not just reliant on you being with one person exactly, or with, right? exactly. so yeah. more scalable yeah more sustainable exactly beautiful yeah. Lovely. And do you have any parting words for me and my, my viewers? I um, do, I do. And I want to say to anybody, I think you can do coaching worldwide, can't you, Sarah? I do. Yeah, okay. I had one coaching session with Sarah and it made such a difference to the way that I thought about my business, to the way that I thought about myself, to my confidence. Here we go again. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I, you're, you know, so valuable to me, so valuable, and, you know, I consider you to be a friend now, too, yeah. and, um, yeah, I think we're so lucky to have you in Tokyo, and if anybody is considering coaching at all, that you should really have a, at least just one session with you, and I think you even offer, like, a 30-minute, like, opening session, don't you? Yeah, that... Yeah, and you can a, a taste tester, mm -hmm. and it was br uh, yeah, it's brilliant. You're not going to regret it for sure, absolutely. Yeah, and then in terms of kind of you know, if you ever want to try yoga, anybody wants to try yoga, please come to the studio. Um, I'm very friendly. Um, I'm not going to make you eat vegan food if you don't <laughs> want to. <laughs> Just want to put that in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have a laugh as much as we're serious. Absolutely. Um, you know, we've got all sorts of people in here. Like I said, you know, there's some babies in here. Um, and, you know, we have 80-year-olds in here. And uh, I just actually started a guys' class. It's 8 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. So, um, 
you know, the if any guys, yeah, 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 if they want to come too, that's fine. And um, you're open and welcoming anybody between the male and female polarities as well, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. There are some classes that the that are pretty much only, you know, they're full and they're full of females, and I don't think the dynamic. Oh, yes, I you think know, that's really yeah. useful and valuable. Yeah, but you yeah. welcome anybody here, don't yeah, you? Yeah, like yeah. Anybody, no matter what their body is or what oh, stage oh, their no. body's at. Oh no, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. We've. I, I like to think that I can give an option for everybody in every class. Like yes. if you can't do something. Or if you sort of feel like you're beyond and you want to go further, I think we can do that in each class because the classes are small. Like the studio is small. It's just going to fit. We never usually have more than five people in here at one time, possibly six yeah. at the most. And um, I can see everybody. And if people come every week, I get really get to know them well. I know everybody's names, and you know, I probably know their family members as well. So love it. And, yeah. and you're absolutely right. And one of the things that I love about you and Maya as well, who is our or uh, the third the third person in our re- retreat team is that that you are not like these super strict you are super strict and super serious and completely devoted to your craft and to your physical work and to your clients but come seven o'clock it's like right get the beers on oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yes you're vegan but I'm allowed to have a chicken curry in your kitchen oh, of course you, are. you know it's it's <laughs> There's just that sense of there's a real that there's just a real openness and a sense of fun mm. about you. So Lindsay, tell us where can we find you on social media? Okay, so my Facebook is uh, Setagaya Yoga Studio. Setagaya Yoga Studio. Yes, yeah. and I have an Instagram account which is Sawada Lindsay Yoga. Sawada Lindsay Yoga. Yes, and then I have a website and it is setagayayogastudio.com. Setagayayogastudio.com, all That's one it. word. Yeah. All one word, yes. And I'll link to this in the show notes as well. So thank Lindsay, you. thank you so much. Thank this you. It's been an absolute joy and a pleasure. We've had some gems of wisdom come from you, but the notes that I've made here is 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 basically just get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the themes that runs through this. And there's also that sense of kind of homecoming, like coming back to the thing that you love. Um, I mean, there are many, many ways to lead a life. And this patchwork and portrait life that we've heard, uh, portfolio life that we've just heard from Lindsay there, where you, you go in one direction, you have a lot of fun, you you know you take the very best bits of your cultural inheritance and take them into your future with you while at the same time incorporating and integrating the new cultures that you come into that sense of mindfulness in action without even having a label for it but it's not a kind of people pleasing way it's a looking left and right and saying what's the most loving and calm and the word calm you mentioned a lot of times there like how can you find your calm when actually you're quite a verbal or quite a reactive uh i would say by nature but maybe not maybe we're returning back to our true nature by finding that calm and that peace and that relief and that release and that settledness um i would argue that um i'm happy to hear anybody's thoughts about this too but to me there's just this real sense of a return and really moving towards the things that love you and help uh, that you love and helping other people to move towards the things that they love too and this is just such a perfect example of one of the many many ways to lead a life and of an incredible story um, I want to hear your stories too everybody has stories I want to hear yours and tell theirs and also to help you to create a work style and a lifestyle that you can be proud of 
can find me at sarahfaruya.com. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this latest legend on the Sarah Furuya Legends podcast. Hop over to sarahfaruya.com where you can find the full complement of uh, Legends interviews and conversations. Also, you can like and subscribe over on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. I absolutely love these interviews and these conversations I have with these people. I don't care about subscribers, if I'm absolutely honest. It just helps to get more people over to listen to these fantastic people. I cannot wait for my next interview. I really hope you can get stuck in and find some juice and some delightful little nugget of knowledge or encouragement from these that will help you to create your story and to take your story forward and to weave and dream up and high dream your own story. Buoyed up by the stories of these people, I would call them ordinary, they're not. But these people, these beautiful legends who I've selected to help you on your way and to help me on my way. So please enjoy, share, subscribe. My Facebook page is Sarah Faruya Coaching. My Instagram page is at Sarah Faruya Coaching too. So get into it. Thanks. Bye.